I want to invite you to turn with me to Ruth chapter 2 as we open God's Word together. In Ruth chapter 2, we pick up on the story of redemption that we have been in for the past several weeks, and today we begin to see how redemption is truly coming about. You'll recall last week we picked up on the story of Naomi and Ruth and their destitute situation. Two very poor widows who were entering back into a land that was once familiar, but coming back without anything. Ruth, who was from a foreign land, who had previously worshipped a foreign god, and now they moved back into the city of Bethlehem, and we found that God is working in the lives of Naomi and Ruth, and God is working in our lives. Because we saw how Ruth went out to glean the fields and pick up the leftovers after the harvest, and the Bible points out how she just happened to end up in the field of Boaz. And there's a bit of a wink and a nod, isn't there, from the author, pointing out that God was working as Ruth happened upon uh, the field of Boaz. So God is working. We talked about that last time, but let's ask this question today that's so very important. How is God working? Because maybe for you today, as you go through Thanksgiving and you enter into the Christmas season, maybe you're, you're not feeling like God is working. Maybe for you, this is a really tough time of year, or you're in a really difficult season of life and problems have piled up, or there's a lot of pain in your heart and you don't feel like God is working. We've all been there, haven't we? We just don't sense, notice, see God moving in our lives? Oh, sure, he worked in the lives of people um, thousands of years ago. We don't doubt that. God is working in the testimonies of missionaries and the experiences of our Sunday school teachers or some deacon we admire. We see how God has blessed people around us, but sometimes we have a big question mark in our hearts as to whether or not God is really working in our lives. And maybe you feel that today. Maybe you feel as if God is not working at all in your circumstances. I want you to know today what Jesus promised us. God knows every time a sparrow falls from the sky. He knows every circumstance of this world, and he cares more for you than a sparrow. God is aware of your situation. God sees your circumstance. He notes your pain and all your problems, and God is working in those situations, and God will provide for you. And I want you to know today, and by faith believe, God is already providing, even if you don't recognize it. So you ask, how is God always working if I don't see him working? Well, today, I want us to see several ways that God is working in our lives. Number one, if you're taking notes, is this. God is working through my relationships. God is working through my relationships. I won't go back through it again, but I mentioned briefly some of my life story and how God took me to different places through different stages of life. Instrumental in that experience and in that journey were the people that God placed in my life along the way. People I encountered, came to know, befriended, maybe even some who were were just acquaintances, but people God put in my path who were instrumental in prompting my faith forward, in leading me to the next chapter, getting me through the storm. Some of the people in my life, I, I think back to a guy named Tim who 
led a youth group. When I came to Christ, he discipled me and poured into my life. Had it not been for his influence in my early faith, I never would have really known the Lord in a deep and abiding way. As I went off to college, I got connected to my campus minister, a guy named Mike, Mike Whalen, and he poured into my life and other students, and it was so uh, pivotal in my, my journey and my calling from God to ministry. I mentioned being in an interim situation in a church as a youth minister. I was devastated because of a crash landing with the former pastor. And I was so just upside down and confused and overwhelmed with struggle. And uh, another Mike, Mike Broadwater, came and became our interim and poured into my life and was instrumental in prompting me along in my faith, instilling into me that God would indeed call me to pastor a church. And then... As time went on, I uh, became very close to a deacon in a church I pastored, and he became like a father to me, and he's poured into my life and been so uh, instrumental in all that my family has experienced through the years. God places people in our path to help us. And as I name people in my life, you're thinking of people in your life. That Sunday school teacher, that revival preacher, that pastor you had, that Sunday school teacher, that family member, through relationships, God is working in your life. Let's look at verses 4 through 6. Later, when Boaz arrived from Bethlehem, he said to the harvesters, The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they replied. Boaz asked his servant who was in charge of the harvesters, Whose young woman is this? The servant answered, She is the young Moabite woman who returned with Naomi from the territory of Moab. So Ruth was still a poor widow, a stranger in a foreign land, but God was about to create a new relationship that would completely alter her circumstances. Now we have on the scene uh, this one Boaz, the one we introduced last week, who now for the first time begins to speak in to the story. Notice as he shows up the first words from his lips, the Lord be with you. This is probably what most of you experience on a Monday going to work, right? Your boss comes in and says, the Lord be with you. Uh, quite the opposite oftentimes in the workplace. But that's the kind of person we find with Boaz. He was different. He was a godly man. He was a noble gentleman. And that shows up in his treatment of Ruth. His character, her character connects and he expresses great concern for Ruth. So we see here that as Ruth lived for the Lord, God brought the right person into her life. Through Boaz, she found help. You see, God provides through godly people. As you think about your circumstance, your problem, your pain, you need godly people around you to help you through. You want to find God working your circumstance? You need to link arms with godly people to partner with you in your struggle. It may be in the form of godly counsel, encouragement that you need in your life, some type of assistance that's offered, but God is always working through godly relationships. A story I love is of a gentleman named uh, George Mueller. Many of you know his story and history. But he opened an orphanage to care for kids that were fatherless, motherless, that were in dire straits. And he opened this orphanage to care for these children. And it said that he started the orphanage and he only had two shillings to his name. But he never put forward that he had need for the ministry. 
He just trusted God by faith. And he would pray, and God would provide. He would uh, care for those orphans, and God would show up time and time again through godly partners in the ministry. It's said that on many occasions, Mueller would sit at the table, looking around at orphans gathered for the meal, staring down at empty plates because there was no food, and he would offer a prayer of thanksgiving to God for the food they were about to receive, only to have a knock at the door and someone show up, food in hand, to feed those orphans. Because God provided. God provided and was working through relationships. And just as God brought Boaz into Ruth's life to help her, God has brought you to his church so that you will have godly people to help you in your life. I think of Paul's affectionate words to the church at Philippi, a church that helped him and supported him so much in the middle of all his pain and all his problems. And he said in Philippians chapter 1, beginning in verse 3, I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you. I always pray with joy for all of you in my every prayer because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Paul had this mutually edifying relationship, one that was of such support from this Philippian church that it helped Paul press on even when he was in chains in prison. Now today, you may think, well, I don't have those kind of relationships. Marty, I I come to church, I'm around people, but I don't have people who are partners like that in my life. Well, to begin with, neither did Ruth. As a matter of fact, in that time, you would assume it would be nearly impossible to find a godly partner to journey through life and help you. Remember when we opened up the book of Ruth, it said it was in the time of the judges? And we looked at the end of the the book of Judges and it said that everyone was doing what was right in their own eyes. But there were, were still people like Boaz who knew the Lord who sought to obey his will. And if you think today there aren't people who will love you and pray for you and help you, you are mistaken. What you need to do is have more of First Baptist Church on the square in your life. Because I can look around here and from a a very early experience in my tenure with you as your interim, I know that there are godly people here who love Jesus, who are faithful to him, and who can help you in life. You need to link up with people, get involved in a Sunday school class, get connected with people in in prayer gatherings, be involved and faithful, and you will find that God will help you through, and that he's working in your life, and he's doing it through relationships. Now, here's the reason a lot of us struggle to find those relationships. God is working through my relationships, but number two, God is working through my faithfulness. Look at verse 7. She asked, will you let me gather fallen grain among the bundles behind the harvesters? She came and has been on her feet since early morning, except that she rested a little in the shelter. What do we read here about Ruth? She was faithful to do what the Lord had called her to do, the work that she needed to do in life. So she went to the field where she worked, and she worked there all day. Listen carefully. When you are faithful to God, you will weave your life into the divine plan and provision of God. 
You see, most people, what we want is God to bless an unblessable life. We want to do life our way. We want to be unfaithful in our relationship with God, unfaithful to the task we're expected to do to fulfill our duties in life. We want God to bless the unblessable life. I'll live my life my way, uh, the way I want to live it. I'll, I'll barely get involved in church. I'll hardly crack open a Bible. I'll barely mumble a prayer. I'll serve God in church if it doesn't interrupt my life. I'm not going to give. I'm not going to reach out to anyone who needs Christ. And then we ask the question, why isn't God working in my circumstances? And the reason is, is that we're out of tune and out of touch, disconnected from the work of God in our lives. You see, what happens is when problems and pain come, for a lot of us, it causes us to drift away from God. Rather than be like Ruth and keep being faithful to what she was called to do and trusting God, we allow problems and pain to push us away from God. So rather than allowing your feelings of being overwhelmed and discouraged take you out of service to God, what you need to do is to lean into service, to press on in devotion to God. Because look, I know you have problems and pain. I do too. But we look at Ruth who had probably far more to complain about, more to moan and groan about with her problems. She could have used her problems as a reason to stop doing her work, but instead she worked steadily in spite of her problems. She got up each day and did what the Lord wanted her to do. And it was in that context that God showed up. And it will be in that context that God will show up in your life. If you will keep walking with God and keep serving God, keep living for God, even when you don't feel like it, even when circumstances don't merit it, you will find that God shows up in the work, in faithful service. When you move, he moves. God works in our faithfulness. God is working. And you will find that to be true as you are faithful to him. So God is working through my relationships, through my faithfulness. And number three, what a great promise. God is working beyond what I can imagine. Ruth traveled a hard road, but look at verses eight and nine. Then Boaz said to Ruth, listen, my daughter, don't go and gather grain in another field and don't leave this one, but stay here close to my female servants. See which field they are harvesting and follow them. Haven't I ordered the young men not to touch you? When you are thirsty, go and drink from the jars the young men have filled. So the Old, teaching, uh, the Old Testament teaching that allowed the poor to glean the fields didn't change the fact that these poor people, especially those from foreign lands, were outcast, second-class citizens. But Ruth is shown incredible grace by Boaz. Not only does he prevent others from harassing her, he says she can drink water that the men have filled. Now, this is a remarkable statement we would just read right past, but unfortunately for ladies in that day and time, things are not like they are today. Men did not hold the door for ladies. They didn't show respect and good manners to ladies. In this day, the foreigners always drew the water for the citizens of the land, and the women were the ones who were expected to be first in drawing the water 
for the men. So here's the order of how people would go and drink water according to customs of that day. It would be the men, then the women, then the poor from that land, then the foreign men, and then the foreign women. So in other words, Ruth was at the very bottom rung of the social ladder. Well, Boaz flips all that upside down, does this phenomenal thing, having the men give water to a foreign woman. We see as Ruth was faithful to God, God was faithful to her. She would no longer be hungry. Matter of fact, in verse 14, we're told that Boaz calls her over to sit with him, a place of honor to sit with the Lord of the harvest, and he gives her enough food that she is full from that eating of that meal, plus she has a bit of a a doggy bag left over. Um, It's kind of like Brother Jerry took me up to some Italian restaurant y'all have here. They brought out a plate this big recently. It was like I could have had about eight meals out of this one. And just so much food. It was like that. Ruth, who's been hungry, who had no food, she sits down and she just has all that she wants and she has a to-go plate left over. Then notice what Boaz tells the other harvesters in verses 15 and 16. Look there what it says. He's saying to them, you do the work. You drop some of the work you've done and let her come behind you and pick up what you drop. You do the work, let her reap the rewards. So Ruth was a hard worker. She, she finishes in the evening, and in your translation, it may say that she had an ephah of barley. Now, what in the world does that mean? Well, I found it's a little over half a bushel. That still doesn't help me at all. So what does that mean? I'm no farm boy. Uh, That means it's about 22 liters. I don't know what that means either. I'm not on the metric system. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. It translates to more than about six gallons uh, of this barley that she collected. So that may not sound like much, but what I know from picking blueberries, if you've ever done that, you take a little bucket and you go about... 45 hours and you have this many blueberries piled up in that little bucket. Well, you can imagine as she's gathering that barley, she leaves with six gallons to care for her family. So Marty, what's the point of all this? Your circumstances may seem like they cannot change, as if there's no hope for a better outcome. And I imagine Ruth could have had the same thought as she woke up that morning, but soon she saw how God turned the world of that day upside down. Now, something for us to note here is that many students of the Bible believe that Boaz serves as a bit of a picture, an image of Jesus Christ, not Jesus himself, but just kind of portrays and gives a nod to Jesus. Like Boaz, who in grace poured out blessing upon blessing upon Ruth, What does Jesus Christ do for us? He graciously blesses us. God can take all the walls and the barriers and knock them all down, revealing his wonderful plan for your life. And it will be a plan far better than any plan you could ever imagine. Today, things may seem dark. It seems like the storm clouds are billowing about, and you feel like there's no hope on the other side. But friend, trust me, God is working, and he is working in a way beyond anything you can ever imagine. And Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 makes that clear. Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works 
in us. Listen, just because the the road you were on is hard and it is unappealing, it does not mean that it is something that will lead to nowhere, that it's not leading to somewhere great. You think about it. The storm-rocked ark was an exhausting experience for Noah. The time in jail was not the preference of Paul, and the road to the cross was not an easy path for Jesus Christ. But hard roads lead to rich rewards when we trust in the Lord. God has so much invested in you, giving to you his own son for your salvation. As Romans 8.32 tells us, he did not even spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him grant us everything? Today, I encourage you, hold on to faith in this journey that you were on. It is leading somewhere, and one day, someday, God is going to make sense of every bit of it. God's eternal lens will make sense of your suffering, and you will see everything that you face, every bit of suffering in your life, how God used it for his eternal good and your eternal good in your life. So hold on to the promise that God can do immeasurably more than you can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within you because God is working. You will see him work through your relationships, through your faithfulness, beyond anything you can ever imagine, and then finally today, through my praise and thanksgiving. Look at verses 18 through 23. She picked up the grain and went into town where her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. She brought out what she had left over from her meal and gave it to her. Her mother-in-law said to her, where did you gather barley today and where did you work? May the Lord bless the man who noticed you. Ruth told her mother-in-law whom she had worked with and said, the name of the man I work with today is Boaz. Then Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, May the Lord bless him because he has not abandoned his kindness to the living or the dead, Naomi continued. The man is a close relative. He is one of our family redeemers. Ruth the Moabitess said, he also told me, stay with the young men until they have finished all of my harvest. So Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, Ruth, my daughter, it is good for you to work with his female servants so that nothing will happen to you in another field. Ruth stayed close to Boaz's female servants and gathered grain until the barley and the wheat harvest were finished, and she lived with her mother-in-law. Now, recall, Naomi went back into Bethlehem bitter. This woman whose name means pleasant, she wanted to change to Mara, but now this is not the case any longer. God's hand's not against her. The Lord has been good to them. And in verse 20, it's the first positive thing we hear from Naomi in the book of Ruth. Now there's some ambiguity uh, in her statement in verse 20. Ambiguity here. She says, he has not stopped showing kindness. Is she saying, Blessed be Boaz or the Lord, it's probably both. They have not stopped showing kindness. So Naomi is excited because Boaz is a kinsman redeemer. Now we're almost out of time, but let me unpack this for just a moment. This is a relative who can purchase or buy or deliver. It's an important concept of what's going on in the book of Ruth. A kinsman redeemer is a person God sets aside who can do a lot of things for a relative in trouble. He can buy a family member who's been sold into slavery. The kinsman redeemer could avenge the murder of a relative. The kinsman redeemer could buy land sold under economic hardship, which was probably the case for Naomi and now deceased Elimelech. 
And then importantly here, through marriage, the kinsman redeemer could purchase or redeem the family name of the dead. So what could happen here, because Boaz was kin to Malon and Kilion, the kids of Naomi, this, he's the kinsman redeemer. He can come in and marry widow Ruth, who never had a child, and be the kinsman redeemer. He can redeem the family name, having a child who will take on the name of the deceased relative and the uh, fortunes and inheritance or what have you can pass on and that name can live on even after the death of, of the, the one who passed and left Ruth a widow. So that's what's happening with the kinsman redeemer. But what we see is that now Ruth and Naomi are experiencing unmerited favor and grace. Look at verse 20. It says they have been shown kindness. This is one of several occurrences in the book of Ruth of the Hebrew word hesed. It speaks of unconditional and unmerited love. God had shown them grace and they're giving praise and thanksgiving to God. As God guides you and leads you through your storm, never forget to bless his name along the way. Never forget where provision comes from. If you want to see God work in your life, praise him and thank him. It may be tough right now in your life, but listen, God is working. Would you pray with me? As we bow our heads in this moment, know that God is working. Would you keep living for him? Would you look for all the ways that he is working? I know how it is sometimes. In the midst of the, the problems, it's easy to just focus on the problems, to feel as if God is absent, he is not working, and to not look for the signs and evidence of his working. Some of that's driven by frustration, discouragement. Maybe even for some of you today, it's driven by anger. Honestly, you're angry with God for what happened in your life. I want you to know that God is working in your circumstances. Just be patient. You know, so often we worry about time, the timing of things. Listen, you want the problem to end now, but I want you to know it will in God's timing. Hold on to the truth that God is working. Father, we thank you for working in our lives. And sometimes, honestly, we don't see you working. We don't see evidence that you're moving. And we get frustrated. We get impatient. But God, today, we're just stepping back for a moment and trusting. Knowing by faith that you are a good God and you work for our good and your glory. So Lord, with all the pain, the different problems in this room today, minister to each one and bring peace that passes all understanding. Guard our hearts and our minds today in Christ Jesus and help us leave today with renewed confidence that you are working. You're working through our relationships. You're working through our faithfulness. You're working beyond anything we could ever imagine. And God, you are working as we give you praise and thanksgiving. And we know today you alone are worthy of it. So minister to our needs as we bring them to you. 
And Father, I pray for any who may need Christ today, that they would receive him and be born again. For others who need to join this church family or rededicate their lives, God, as you speak, minister to us and move us. Change us today, Father, as we further commit ourselves to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand together. As Brother Anthony comes to lead us. If you have a decision to make today, we'll be here for you, ready to receive you. Brother Tom's going to be down front. I'll be down here as well. We would love to pray with you, minister to you, help you any way possible as you take steps toward the Lord today. If you want to come and bring your struggle, kneel at these steps and make it your altar to the Lord and offer up your struggle, your questions, your hurt. Let God minister to you today. As God speaks, you respond now.